This podcast is for a mature audience only. Bye. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Evolving Minds. Today's episode, I am speaking with Mandy Valadez. Mandy has a very interesting story. Um, She just escaped a cult. And it was about two years ago or so when she left. And she was involved inside this cult for about 17 and a half years of her life. And so we talk a lot about her experience and the craziness that comes with being inside of a cult. Before we dive into the episode, I want to, as always, say thank you to my listeners. Thank you to those of you who have reached out to me and complimented on the podcast. I really appreciate that. Thank you so much. And I want to extend an invitation to all of you, to any of you that feel comfortable and want to come on the podcast and share your story. You know, if you think you are in a place where you feel like you can be genuine and authentic and share your story and in, in, in hopes of helping yourself, first of all, because sometimes when we share our story, we, we, we get a lot of things off our chest and it makes us feel a little bit better. And when someone's there to listen and validate you, um, it's a good feeling. And also to spread that story to others who might have similar stories and to lift them up in their challenging life. And um, yeah, that's what this podcast is all about. You know, connecting with everyone and having an open mind to, to all things. And also, just real quick, about a minute into Mandy's audio... Um, there's some music being played in the background, but that music does get turned off. So about a minute or two into it, you'll hear a little sound. Um, but just know that that will go away. And yes, so just wanted to give that little disclaimer or or quick warning to let you all know that the entire episode won't sound like that. So thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, let's go ahead and jump into the episode. Mandy. Thank you again so much for coming on the podcast. Welcome. It's a pleasure to have you. Honestly, seeing you um, on the screen makes me really happy because I've been looking forward to to hearing your story and talking with you and, and yeah, going down going down your, your life's journey and where you're at now. So if you would like to introduce yourself, start off by, you know, saying who you are, where you, where you, where you grew up, whatever you want to share. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Phil, for having me, first of all, because it's just, it's exciting, you know, to share my story and uh, let people know that um, no matter what we've gone through, there's a healing part of it. So thank you so much for inviting me. I appreciate that. So I'm Mandy, but I was born Amanda, but I love Mandy instead better. Yeah. Um, but um, so I'm the founder and creator of uh, Tarot Readings by Mandy. So that's my uh, business there. And I um, am very thankful to have that because I help guide many into their own healing, um, no matter what they've gone through. Like, it doesn't even matter if it was a cold or if it was anything, anything that they feel that they want healing in. The minute they're connected to me or drawn to me and they come to me, I know without a shadow of a doubt that healing is coming for them. And I am like absolutely in reverence to that. That is holy to me. That is knowing that they are about to venture into some deep, deep, amazing, radical healing. 
and that's going to bring like the life they've always wanted, like right. happiness, peace without all of the strings attached. Mm. Oh, I was um, born and raised in Amarillo. So it's like a small town, but, not much, but there was something there. Um, <laughs> Because that's where I, uh, where the local cult was at that I was okay. groomed and uh, manipulated into at 16 years old. Um, so yeah, I get, I, I really feel like that's where my story actually really begins is when we, when I met mm-hmm. this particular um, so-called church. Right. And that's that's where I feel my whole entire story changed. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so yeah, well, yeah. So I, I love what you talk about healing because healing is uh, being able to see when someone's ready to be to go through that process of healing is super exciting. And and I can speak for myself. You know, I've I really started my own personal healing journey. I would say within the last uh, year and a half, two years, and it's been an exciting scary ride, you know, because as you know, when you heal, you have to really face some, some, some scary stuff, right? Some horrifying things, especially in in your case, and we're going to jump into this. And I know that, but um, especially in your case, you know, being a part of of a cult, I'm sure there's a lot to unpack there to be able to finally heal. So, you know, first of all, I want to say that I, I, I'm really happy for you that you have escaped the cult. Because I, I I know lots of stories of others that have been in cults and just how terrifying and, and horrifying and unjust and just disgusting they can be. So for for you to be able to to get out of that and escape that and realize that um, is truly um, inspiring. So I'm happy for you and I'm happy that that you've that you are where you are now and you're helping others heal from from their traumas. Thank you. Yeah, of course. Um, so, okay, Mandy, so you, you briefly mentioned, um, this, this cult, and I want to kind of get into more details about it. Um, I want to first say this, and I, I, I want you to correct me if I'm wrong, but well, first off, I think essentially you, you started joining this cult through what they, what they would call like a hell house type thing. Is that correct? Right. Okay. Uh-huh. Got it. Okay. And so what I know about these hell houses isn't much because I've never gone through one. I've never experienced it. And, um, I'm excited to, to hear what you've experienced. Um, but from what I know is that there's sort of like these haunted houses in a way, but for like manipulation to like fear tactics, to scare people to join their church or cults or whatever it is. And it's usually for people that are in their teenage years where they're more vulnerable and susceptible to, to different beliefs and different things that people say. So I know that, for example, there'd be, it might be a house or a building and people will go into different rooms and there's these depictions of one room might be of these teenagers at a party doing drugs and whatever. And there's this girl that got date raped, or there's this next room that has a woman, you know, having a, um, abortion or uh, a same sex a couple married and how horrible that is and just how terrifying all these like quote unquote sins are. Right. And it's really a way to really get you to feel guilty and feel like, I don't, I don't want to have to go through that. So I have to join something like this. Is that kind of fair to say overall about what hell houses kind of are like? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, 
even describe some of the scenes that I actually witnessed. When I went through that haunted house when I was 16. So yeah. 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 Oh, great. So, so please go ahead and tell us about that. What was going on? First of all, let me ask you, what was going on before you decided to go to this hell house? And what age were you? So I was 16 and we, it was me and my sister and some friends and we just wanted to go to a haunted house, right? Cause it was during Halloween. Oh, wow. And, okay. Yeah. So we didn't even know that this was a so-called church. Wow. The being a cult, it just was right next to another haunted house. So mm. we had choices because we had to go like you come on we're teenagers we don't have a car so it was like literally just not far from our house so we had two choices it was two haunted houses right well the coal and then the other haunted like real haunted house with ghosts you know stuff like that the only reason why we chose to go to the cult one was because it was super cheap like two dollars oh wow of course of course (laughs) only reason why we went there because the other one was like eight or ten dollars and it okay. was a lot yeah yeah sure that's the only reason why we went to it wow that our life well my life was going to change yeah wow okay so you go to this to this uh haunted house thinking to have fun and be scared right yeah. for halloween which is the typical thing what teenagers do um yeah. but lo and behold you find out <laughs> something different so go ahead and walk us through so you go into this house what what do you see what's going on Right. Yeah. So, and let me just say, when we were in line to go to this normal so-called haunted house, mm-hmm. they were in our names down on the bulletin. They were like carrying it. We're young. We don't understand what's going on. So they're actually like asking our names and writing it down. So when we go in haunted house, these so-called actors and everything that's going on, they're literally saying our names. They know oh, our names. Oh, they're that's, calling that's out names that they, they they took when we were in the line. So there's like different scenes going on. So there is a, a woman having an abortion. Mm. You know, and she's screaming out. They have fake blood. They have right. guns. They're pulling it mm. out of her. I mean, this is like serious. Wow. Um, Another scene was a car accident and it was a real car. It was all, all messed up. And they have like bodies like hanging out of the car. They have bodies just like there were supposed to be like young kids that were drinking and driving Mm. and they died. And so all these scenes basically led you to the last scene, which was they were all burning in hell. Yeah. And they literal hell scene of fire i don't know how they had but i don't know how wow. they but it was fire and i remember on the, I, I remember like feeling like i was like burning up because it was so hot they had oh. real fire and people were like <laughs> burning in the fire and then mm. the was judgment so they have like supposedly you know this man sitting on this throne judging everybody like basically telling them they're going to hell and then at the very end, they just have you in a little room and they're basically asking you to kind of, you know, say this prayer so that you don't have to go to hell. Oh, so, okay. So, so when you get to that point where you're kind of about to leave the house, are you thinking to yourself, like, what the hell just happened? Like, that was not what I expected. Or was it kind of like, no, you're freaked out. What, freaked out. Okay. 
yeah, you, I don't know. Like wow. it is, a, a, it is scary. It, it sure. is it sure. scary. It, right. So you're not thinking, well, and if you are, you're just so, you just want to get out of there. You just want to get out of there. But the only way to get out of there is now you have to listen to this man basically talking about how like you're going to go there. Like, are you doing some of this stuff here? Like, you, are you thinking about doing some of this stuff here? And I remember saying the prayer. I remember them specifically coming up to me. And I think I was the only one out of the group that allowed, to, like, I was like, okay, I'll say the prayer. But what I didn't know was when you say the prayer, they take all of your information down and they ask for my name, my number, my address. And I would be stopped for the next two to three months. Oh, so yeah. So it's, that's crazy, first of all. And it's, it's extra crazy to me because you're 16 and you, you were with a friend or a couple of friends, right? Um, I, who, who I imagine were this, probably the same age as you. Right. Um, but it's crazy how, how these adults um, really, really manipulate these young kids. And I think that's one of the, one of the ugly things about this whole thing is that they have this plan predestined or pre-prepared, pre-planned to, to set people up. And like I said earlier, to, to set up these fear tactics and make them feel guilty and shamed and shame them into, like you said, giving your information away and them giving um, or taking some of that power of yourself away. And um, I can't imagine being that, that age, especially as a, as a young girl. Yeah, that's insane. Just the story itself is wild because you just wanted to go have fun for Halloween <laughs> and right. then your, your whole life changed. Right. And, and, but yeah. um, okay. So, so they continue to stalk you for a couple of months. Um, are you responding? Are you like really turned off and, and scared by them? What's, what's, what's going on in your mind? Um, I just kind of, I mean, I'm a teenager, I'm ignoring them, but they know, mm. but they don't stop. And yeah. so here, looking back now, I think if I would have been, if it would have been a boy that I would have met and he would have been doing that, somebody would have said, Hey, that's, that's not cool. That's not safe. Right. But because so-called church that was doing it, it was allowed and it was okay. And, oh, they're just trying to invite you. They're just trying to get you to be a good girl. They're. So they continued and continued. They wouldn't stop. And then finally, and when you thought they're like, okay, they gave up after like, I think it was January. I think the, like the first week of January is when they came back. Wow. <laughs> finally they're they're like the new year. We got to, got to get that girl Mandy over here. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So, okay. So what, so what, um, was there something that, attracted you to eventually like join like was and first of all was there like a process of becoming a member like did you have to get baptized or something like that or was there uh, some type of initiate initiatory like uh, process i guess you would say um well uh, they make it very easy let me just tell you that uh, <laughs> very very easy so no like actually as soon as you go like the first day that you go um they will try to get you to say the prayer again um, and everybody, like other people are doing it too. So you're just kind of like, okay. Mm. Um, but after that, like, because you've already gave in once now they know they got a little piece of you. So they even go harder. So, um, uh, a new convert, that's what they would call it mm. is a 
number and they have converted. And so they baby you, they do baby you. So that's, that's what you get for um, becoming a fresh baby member is a convert is they basically smother you and baby you, which is if you're not used to having community and if you're, and if you're not used to having people actually feel like they care about you, even though they don't, but they feel, it feels like they are, you're going to eat it. You're going to take the bait. And so that's what it does for me. Wow. Okay. Wow. So, okay. So you're 16. Um, and eventually you, you, you essentially join this church or I keep on saying church. Cause I growing up for me, I, I, was in a church. And so I always, that's just the, the, the vocabulary that I was indoctrinated by. Right. Um, that's the disguise. Exactly. Yes. Um, so, so, okay. So you get involved in this cult, obviously more and more. Um, at what point did you really get really active into it? I would say when I married into, into it with, uh, someone, um, kind of encouraged me to marry, which was about, I don't know. I think it was like seven months after I was converted. Mm. Oh, wow. And this was the person you met in, with, within the cult. Right. Okay. Okay. And I so full because as a man in the cult, mm-hmm. you are, you know, very reverenced because now you can become a cult leader and that's all your purpose is. Yeah. So I became a future cult leader's wife. Like one day I, cult leaders, a cult leader's wife. So now I have to like be full smothered, completely taken over. Wow. Interesting. So, so while that was all happening for you, were you, what were you feeling? What were you thinking? Like, did it feel, did it feel good? Did it feel right for you? Or were you still kind of having like conflicting feelings and thoughts? I don't think I was thinking. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. That a lot of what it was was like I said the community. Right. So I free alone. Like I didn't. I was very lonely. Like I didn't have mm-hmm. a lot of. So as soon as I got into this cult, and I was a teenager, there was a lot of other teenage girls too. So we kind of just all bonded. Right. And though, and even though I got married, like we were still close. So I think I just took that as, hey, you know, I'm having fun. Like I have friends that are like actually cool like it was the community is the number one thing that sucked me up like sucked me in and kept me yeah honestly i'm really glad you brought that up because that's i think one of the main things that i have come to learn about about religion or or cults or really like um it could be even like a relationship or an employer that's really abusive right and things like that so um but it's interesting how usually how it starts is there's this emotional connection that ties you to the cult or the the person or who or whatever it is, right? And it's once those emotions get attached, it's much easier for your brain to adapt and, and believe these things. And like like we mentioned earlier, there's when you have fear tactics and when you're doing things based off, uh, you know, guilt and fe- and having to feel guilt, like people will do a lot of things to not feel that way, and they will believe whoever it is. Um, out of pressure, out of obligation, or out of ac- absolute belief. You know what I mean? Um, so yeah, it's and the thing that you mentioned about community is, I think, a very important thing to you because that has to do with the emotional side of what I'm trying to say. Because I think a lot of people that were 
for, for me, for example, I, I grew up a Mormon and um, the community was everything. Like that was, I mean, we were at church. I mean, sometimes I would, I was there every single day during the week as a teenager in the early morning before high school. We had like a seminary class, a scripture uh, reading class. I got 6 a.m. before school. That was Monday through Friday for like 50 minutes or something. And then we had church on Sunday, which was three hours. And we would have like some random meetings sometimes. And then, you know, events for the for the teenagers during the week. So I was at church a lot. And that whole aspect and, and just idea of having a community is very comforting, right? And even for me, um, like even when if there were times where I was struggling with um, my belief or anything at all in life, I had that community, uh, that community to fall back onto. And, and that, and eventually, I mean, obviously it kept me in, it kept me involved, which for me ended up not, not being a good thing. <laughs> um, but I just, I wanted to touch on those two aspects. They just, the emotion and how our emotions can really play a big role in our actions. And then just the community of having because we all want to be social. I think most of us are, I mean, we're social creatures. We want to be around people. We want to feel validated and, and heard and listened and, and all that. And so when you couple that with a cult, it can get very tricky. I think it can get very, like there's these really gray areas that are hard to distinguish for, for someone that like you, when you were young, when you first joined it. Um, so I'm glad you brought that up. Cause I think that's really a, a crucial one of the crucial things that that ties into i think your story and other people's stories that are similar right and purpose like mm. you have purpose now like when before you didn't even know what you were doing which is fine because i was 16 you're not supposed to know what you're doing of course not yeah no they they give you this purpose they give it you know you know they give you this idea of i'm going to help you get where you need to be and but they're going to give you all the rules to it and so it becomes your truth, but it's not even your truth, but they are going to make it your truth. And so that's exactly how you stay stuck is because now you are not anything without them. You are only you because of them. You owe them. You belong to them. And without them, you have nothing. Yeah, well said. Well said. Um, why don't you explain to us like a day in the life? of living in this, in this cult, what, what was a typical routine like for you? So it is all different depending okay. on how far you are. So at first it was easier to kind of get to adapt to it because like I said, you become a new convert. So they baby you, they take yeah. care of you. They, you know, they just want you to be happy. And so, but then eventually the more up the ladder you get. And as for me, I was married into the cult. So as soon as I got married into no more no more baby no more um it doesn't matter if you're happy now you become one of them officially because now you are now married into it and so state of texas i was considered a child bride because i was married under the age of 18 so wow. yeah so our day-to-day -day now changed no more just relaxing and just like, okay, you know, I'm hanging out. No more hanging out with friends, mm -hmm. teenage friends, not hanging out with anybody that wasn't married um, because they're immature. And mm -hmm. so basically having to be taught the adult cult things that you have to do, which is just serve, 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 be a servant. So you're going to, to church basically every day 
for revivals, Sunday morning, Sunday night, you have in concerts and meetings on Saturday, practices on Thursdays, Bible studies mm -hmm. on Fridays, prayers on Tuesdays, church wow. on Wednesday. Yeah. Uh, would have even to this day, my 16 year old son tells me Monday was my favorite day, mom, because Monday was the day that we didn't have to go anywhere. Mm -hmm. Wow. It, yeah, it was supposed to be considered family night, but that wasn't for every cult leader. We went through mm -hmm. about four cult leaders in the cult I was in. Oh, so wow. only one of the cult leaders allowed Monday to be a family night. So I see. So wow. go, 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 go. Yeah. Wow. That sounds uh, very um, tiring. <laughs> um, but but, uh, sure. Oh, yeah, of course. Of course. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, and we'll, we'll definitely get into that here pretty soon. I want to ask you, though, where where were your do you were you do you have both parents, mom and dad growing up? Did you have a mom and dad? Yes. OK. And where were they at during this time? Like, were, were they on board with this type of what they thought of a Christian church type thing? Or were they? trying to get so, you away from it what was going yeah. on so my dad is not religious at all i'm the daughter okay. of, of a marine so there was okay. no way to be able to get my dad they tried <laughs> but, you know he no yeah. um mom this is really crazy so when i was a little girl um this this cult was was there in amarillo um somehow this lady from the cult friended my mom when i was a little girl okay. i Right. So my mom started going to this particular church, mm. but she not going. So okay. she, lo and behold, the same freaking the same place. And, and at 16. Wow. And and I'm, I should have asked you this question earlier, but what is this cult called? The Potter's House Christian Fellowship Church. Okay. Wow. Sam cult. That's crazy. Okay. So Wow. Okay. So you're, that's interesting. Your mom was happened to, to be, oh, wow. That's just, I don't think about that much, but you know, small no world, one, I guess. Yeah. I was like, that's bizarre. Wow. So yeah, that is, so that is very interesting. Very interesting. Okay. So, okay. So, so I know Colts, Colts is kind of, I think the word cult is, is, um, as far as like ascribing the word cult to like a group or something can be kind of sticky and it kind of has like this negative connotation to like the people who are in the cult because they of course cult members don't think they're in a cult of course not because they're being brainwashed right. um but i think that there are like different versions of cults maybe if that's fair because i think like you're the cult that you were in is was very much different than the cult or church that i was born and raised in um you know we we hear stories of like scientology where there's different types of abuse and other other cults you know like the jamestown was it the jamestown um what was the name john jones or something where they went down and everyone drank the kool-aid right oh, okay that's where that, that whole um that line comes from where they all drank the kool-aid and like 300 people just all died kids mothers you know parents um crazy so there's different levels of like how serious as far as like violence and sexual abuse um what types of things were going on in, in your cult that you were involved in um, I mean, pff, torture, I mean, but I yeah, yeah. emotional, verbal abuse, there was, um, of course, sexual violations, um, mm. intimate physical violations. Um, yeah. Um, but I mean, yeah. 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 So, um, how long were you in this cult? I was in it for almost 20 years. 20 years. Okay. So you joined when you were about 16. 
Yeah. And then you're about, you're about, uh, 30, 36 or so when you, when you leave. Okay. No, left in June of 2018. So I was about okay. 30, 34. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. Um, yeah. so, wow. 20 years. That's a long time. Yeah. That's 17 time. to be exact. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, almost, almost 20 years, 17 years is still a long time. Um, not 20 years. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, I, I want to get into a little bit deeper with you if you don't mind. And, and if you do, please let me know. Um, cause I'm really interested in, in how just one in general can, can be a part of a cult for so long. And I understand the psychological reasons of, about how that happens. Um, but like what, I'm curious to know what was going on in your mind. Like during these 20 years, were you thinking this is really horrible and I want to get out of here, but you just couldn't, or were you thinking like, this is kind of sucky sometimes, but this is just my life and I need to listen and obey to everyone because this is true or did, like, were you like, where were you at? At first, I think, yeah, at first you're like, okay. Oh, this sucks, but mm -hmm. um, you just keep going and you tough it out. And a lot of the doctrine uh, is feeding you that, right. Um, you can't complain, you know, supposedly Christ suffered more, just suck it up. This is all basically you're giving it back to him because of what he's done for you. So all of it is a uh, fear tactic and abuse basically. Um, yeah. So that, that kept me the fear of leaving when I finally, um, you know, those days where you're like, I'm done, like I'm done. Um, you can't because the fear of leaving is basically preached almost every day, weekly. Um, if you, you're cursed, you will, you can have sickness, a death, car accident, your money, all your money taken away, yeah. uh, all kinds of horrible, horrific. And, and, and there was examples uh, that they would use, you know, mm -hmm. and one, I'll never forget one where they said one man, he left the cult and about two years later, he, he got stabbed in the heart with a sword. Oh, wow. Who, who, who even understands mm -hmm. the whole story? And it was true. Right. It was oh, wow. Specifically use that story to basically tell you like, Hey, look. Like, this, like this is the cautionary tell if you leave. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. There was, totally. There was thousands of stories like that. Oh, I believe it. Yeah, totally. Wow. Fear, fear keeps you. Yes. Fear keeps you. Definitely. I think, and like, I, like I was sort of alluding to earlier is that the emotion kind of brings you in and then the, the fear keeps you there. Yes. Does that relate to you? Yes, they know yeah. what they're. They know what they're doing. Yeah. Oh yes, they know what they're doing. Yeah. Um, I, I don't want to jump into too much of my story because I really want to focus on yours. But but I just want I can relate to that because you know my church, or, or I guess if you want to call it a cult, I, I don't myself personally call it a cult, but it has all the cult like attributes and like characteristics like to the to the book right on page it's a cult, but it's not one of those more aggressive violent type cults it's just more emotional and like um yeah emotional abusive i would say above all um emotional and just like just abusive to yourself like like you i mean a lot of people would just hate themselves because they feel so guilty about not being so perfect like oh you're not listening to this the cult member or the prophet or the, your bishop or whatever then you feel guilty of course and then you're not happy right and and obviously that's a horrible feeling to have to feel and have to have to live through. But, um, yeah, so, so that's just a little bit about, about me. So, I mean, I, I can relate to, to that a little bit. 
So I, I want to go into, well, first of all, do you have anything else you want to share about the cult before we go in? I, Cause I want to go into this, the bite model thing that I was mentioning to you, but before I do, and I'm, I'm sure things will come up once I bring this up, but do you want to say anything else about the cults in general, about your experience, maybe a specific story that you want to share or, um, cause I do want to ask you like how you eventually escaped, like how you got out of it. Um, but before that, do you, is there anything else you want to share? I just want to say that when you're just a spectator inside the cult, you don't necessarily have to be um, deep into it like I was. So mm-hmm. who just go to church, who go to, you know, to church once a week or anything like that. They weren't subjected to the abuse that we were subjected to, the ones that were higher up in the ladder, those that were being trained to become a cult leader and a cult leader's wife. We were subjected to more abuse. So a spectator mm-hmm. like my mom was more of a spectator. She came and go, you know, she, as she pleased, she didn't, you know, wasn't really a part of it. Um, she didn't, she didn't get subjected to the abuse that I did. So when I, you know, she didn't understand it. So there could be a spectator who can hear my story and think that's not, you know, that's not true. I never was, I never experienced that. And that's okay. And that's good. I'm, I'm happy for them, but yeah. you're not it because you weren't um up in the ladder and you didn't see behind the scenes you weren't mm-hmm. there behind the scenes and right. so higher up the ladder um the more subjection of abuse you were accustomed to mm-hmm. interesting i'm glad you brought that up because it makes me think well first of all i didn't know that there were that that there were like levels to to the cult which makes sense because that's kind of how a lot of cults and organizations are set up but what so so like People can just come and go like your mom used to do. And they kind of, I guess the cult kind of knows where they're at and they kind of stop giving up on them. And then they take whoever they can. I'm assuming the the younger people that are more susceptible to it. But, but I mean, I was old, old people. It was sad. Sure. Yeah. And how many, ladder. how many people like, were you, did you guys, you guys didn't live like on a commune, like a big community <laughs> together. It was just kind of like a, Okay, cool. So, so, and how many people were in your like congregation, if you want to call it that, or in the cult, like how many people were there like different, like cults in different areas or was it just kind of one main? Okay. Okay. Yeah, it was in, it's international. So there's about right. 20 uh, mm. houses also known as the door. They're all in the same. Okay. Okay. I've heard of that before. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. They're in the same system. So yeah, there was another one in Amarillo as well that caught the door. Mm, interesting. Okay. So there's different levels. Um, how, so basically, like you said, the way to get above the way to, the way to go up the ladder is by getting married into it. Is that one of the main things that kind of gets you to quote unquote, have more responsibilities, therefore having more abuse? Is that? Well, some are, if you come in married, mm-hmm. then, you know, some are come in married, but if you're not married, try to get you married as soon as possible. Got you. And was your husband um, really active in the cult? Like, was he really like gung ho and believing and all that? Oh, hell yeah. Oh, really? And so how was your relationship with him? Was that, and was that like a forceful kind of situation where you had to forcefully marry him or was it just casually you dated him within the cult? How did that work out? I wasn't, um, it wasn't forced. So that's the way they could, they could get by, they could, uh, you know, get away with it. Mm -hmm. Is that course um i seen girls i seen girls as young as 15 get married Mm -hmm. okay Mm -hmm. there's daughters um so they they, 
So um, I wasn't forced. So that's how it was, you know, not, Mm -hmm. but, um, but I was extremely encouraged because your purpose have to fulfill your purpose. So to fulfill your purpose, one way is getting married because getting married is a step towards getting your own cult one day. So you can come Mm -hmm. more. And when you get your own cult, it becomes, you become a, uh, it's called a baby church, Mm -hmm. a baby. You're just making babies. So it's kind of like a, it's kind of like a, like a pyramid scheme type thing where you start off with your cult and then you can create people that can eventually create their own cults. And that's sort of similar to the church that I was raised in. They have this sort of um, theology or belief that uh, after you die, you can become a God and then you can become like what the typical Christians believe in as, you know, God, heavenly father, Jesus, you can become essentially like, like him and rule your own planet, have your own earth essentially, and create your own world. Um, so that's very interesting that there's, there's some similarities there. And I think it's things like that, that really keep people in. Cause it gives them hope and like excitement, like, Oh, one day I'm going to, I'm going to be someone, I'm going to be someone important. I'm going to lead this group of people and I'm going to, you know, save them. Right. Exactly. Were you thinking things like that? Like, were you kind of having hope or were you still kind of stuck in that like half in half out type phase? I just became a robot for years, Phil. Mm, Okay. I was, I was a fucking robot and Mm. I went at it and went at it. And I, you know, I had a friend tell me you're built, you're built like a Marine. You know, he was a Marine and he said, everything that I hear from your story is I, you just were built to take this shit because, you know, I thought I was strong because I could take it. Right. And we all want to be strong. We're strong. We're pleasing to their God and we're pleasing to that cult. And so they'll give us more, um, you know, spotlight. And, but in reality, we're just taking abuse, man. Yeah. Man, that's, that's really sad. Um, okay. So you're in the cult for 20 years how do you leave it? Like what, what is, what is the thing that tops it off? What's the silver bullet? What's the, the, the straw that broke the camel's back for you? So we, we got a new cult leader. Um, he was probably the most extreme cult leader, very, very abusive. Um, that kind of started waking me up. I was tired of, I knew what he was doing was not okay. And because my ex-husband was um, up in the ladder, he got to see a lot of the private conversations and the mm-hmm. private things mm-hmm. that the cult leader was having. And so he would come home and he wasn't supposed to share it with me, but he would come home and be like, I have to tell somebody and he would share it with me. But of course, we couldn't talk against the, the cult leader. We would be cursed. Of course. Uh, of course. So that's when I was like, oh, my gosh, like mm. this in private this is going on so little by little and then they started taking a lot of abuse on me because I was a woman and I was very outspoken and they hated that so this particular cult leader just narrowed in on me and he subjected me to extreme extreme psychological emotional abuse that was so extreme that no other cult leader before him had done that to me. So I, my body was in shock and it was, that's when I just knew, like, I can't just sit here and take this abuse anymore. 
Yeah, I, I hear you, Mandy. I hear you. Um, that must have been really tough for you. Um, yeah. So I, I am, I'm sorry that you had to go through that. But I'm also really happy that you are where you are now. Um, and I think that's most important. Um, so what, what did it, what did it take for you to, to leave? Like what, what, what happened? I mean, I'm assuming you had to, to divorce your husband or like, how did that stuff work out? So we all, we escaped together. Oh, wow. Um, cool. Yeah. In June of 2018, mm. I kind of reigns, which is totally against the cult. Right. You know, a woman can't do that. Well, right. I did it. Hell did yeah. It. Good job, sister. Hell yeah. Good for so you. It was the one that kind of was like, Hey, we're leaving. Like we're going to mm. leave. And my ex-husband was like, like he was like, cause we had thought about leaving before, but we never did. And finally yeah. it was, but we're and leaving. Like, yeah. So yeah, and then it gets real. And yeah. So we did, we just, we oh. did, we, you know, we just, we, we didn't even tell uh, something had happened inside the cult that also was an extreme violation towards mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that was one of the things too, that kind of made me, that kind of was like, Whoa, this is, yeah. this is crossing a line, which mm-hmm. every crossing a line, but this sure. was especially violation. Gotcha. Yeah. Got you. You said something a few minutes ago about, um, being a woman and speaking up and how they don't like that. Um, now I'm obviously assuming that the cult was led by men. Um, did women have any type of power at all? Like did like, did the cult's leader's wife, for example, like did she have some type of authority or was it just strictly men? Yeah. She had authority over the other women. Mm, I see. So she was kind of, have you watched the show the handmaid's tale? I have it. I don't want to. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. Never mind then. <laughs> it might be triggering. <laughs> but um, there's this lady who kind of is like the spokeswoman for the the women, right? Um, so okay, and was she really abusive as well? She was very verbally and emotionally abusive. This cult leader one that I'm telling you that the, the last one, yeah. Yeah, his wife was, I mean, I remember my son said, you know, he remembered walking by and hearing her, you know, yelling at me and mm-hmm. just know they're they they're in control because they don't yeah. they're not control anywhere else right yeah, when- exactly so that's their only way to feel some type of power i guess or or whatever yeah, yeah, they're yeah just makes- trying- right right um it, it's it's really crazy you know i mean obviously we we both know this i think most people know that that women in the world are are marginalized right and um men are the ones that that are blaming women for all these things, um, calling them certain things and being emotional and not able to, to, you know, do things that men can do and all this sexism type stuff. But it's, it's fascinating to me. I mean, it's scary to me, I should say that I've never have heard of a church or an, or, or like a religion where women do have like power. Um, I know there's some churches where like, there's some like women, like um, women, what do you call women pastors or whatever, but like, as far as like a, like the top, top, like there's, there's, there's no girls, there's no women at all. It's strictly men. And it's typically white men who are typically wealthy. Um, and at least in my, my, my case as a woman in this cult, what were some of the duties or responsibilities or expectations of you? Oh my gosh. Um, first of all, just servant, you're, you're, Mm -hmm. You were born to serve. You just serve, serve. Uh, you're a servant. You you basically are cleaning up the messes of the men. You are 
them look good. You are taking care of all the all the stuff that nobody really sees. So you're basically a slave. I mean, honestly, you know, you're a slave at home. We're encouraged women. um, You're encouraged not to have any education. Um, The the year I was supposed to graduate, I was married off. Like I, they didn't, I had not one person tell me, Hey, do you think that maybe you should finish high school first? Like not one person. person. Oh, there's no education. There's no encouragement to work outside of the home. Not saying that you can't, you know, sure. let me, just, you, sure, you can't, sure. but you are very discouraged not to, because then mm-hmm. a good woman and a good wife, and then you're bringing that upon your husband. Mm-hmm. Right. Of course. <laughs> of course. Um, wow. Okay. So, so let me ask you this question, Mandy. Um, after you left, you and your husband and your family, or your ex-husband, I should say. Um, what was that feeling like for you? It was very shocking. It was mm-hmm. very shocking. I was, my body was like w- turned into mush. I couldn't feel. And here's mm-hmm. the thing. You're not allowed to feel inside of this cult. We were not allowed to feel. Like we can't, you were not supposed to feel. Because if you mm-hmm. feel, then you're going to feel that you're being abused. And you're yes. going to walk out of there. So mm-hmm. you're. You cannot feel you are meant to be a robot. Mm-hmm. So when I left the day I left, I will never forget. I wake up and we are not going to that place that we've gone to for 17 and a half years. My body, I can feel my body, but my body don't feel good. It's in shock. It, it's mush. Yeah. It's years worth of accumulation of trauma and abuse. Yeah. And wow. I can find feel. What was that like? It was, was it just, was it was it just something like was it novel for you? Was it just strange and new? Yeah, it was paralyzing. Like my mm. body didn't understand how to make a fucking choice by itself without mm. having to make that choice mm. for me. So it's like you just you just seriously just made a choice. So I was paralyzed. I my body like I was in shock. I was happy. Yeah. But I couldn't even feel happiness because I hadn't felt happiness in so many years. I didn't even know what happiness felt like. Mm. Wow. That's, that's crazy. Yeah, I, I, I can imagine. I mean, I can only imagine what, what you've felt and what you've gone through, what that feeling is like. I can relate to, to it a little bit, but I know it's different. Um, and I, I don't want to take away from, from your experience at all. Um, wow. So how long did it take you to, to kind of get back to normal? I guess you would say like, I mean, you were, you were 16 when you joined and then you were, you know, in your early mid thirties when you left, I, I would have to like imagine or assume that your brain has been wired, brainwashed essentially. And now you're out of it. Like how was the process of having to like unpeel those layers of brainwashing tactics and, and beliefs and, and things like that. Like what were, were there things that you did to, to work on that? Was there anything specific or, or people that, that helped you with, with those types of things? At first I just breathed. Like mm. I just, I did nothing but experience life as a free woman. I just did nothing for the first time. And was with- that, and was that, was that amazing for you? That was freedom. That Liber- was freedom. Yeah. Liberating right there. Yeah. I didn't know 
who I was. I didn't know what I liked. I didn't know what my favorite songs were. I didn't know what my favorite movies were. You know, we weren't allowed to watch movies or really not at all. Not, not, not TV or anything at all. We weren't allowed a TV in our home. I had TV in my home, you know, first time I ever got a TV, we got a TV was about a month after we left. Oh my gosh. That's crazy. Did, did they, did, did the cult themselves have like their own, um, content, like videos or like, um, what do you, what do you call that? I guess like convert, like, uh, you know, like missionary work where they try to go and share. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. That makes sense. <laughs> I mean, my, the church I grew up in, I, I, I was actually a missionary. I served a mission for my church. Mormons, um, typically I'm sure you've seen maybe them or have heard of Mormon missionaries, white, white shirt and a tie. So I, I was one of those one of those guys, um, I went to, uh, Peru. Yeah. So I, I was, I was, um, I was, I guess what you would call, um, kind of like a robot or, um, a cog in their machine, just, just continuing what their goal is, is to bring more people in. I mean, what they claim is that they're saving people right through Jesus Christ, through the atonement, through his sacrifice. And that's, that's what I think what attracts the people the most is Jesus Christ and how he's, died for you and how beautiful that is. And, and that's great by itself. That's fine. Right. Um, but when you attach that to these other things, like I said, the emotion, when that emotion is attached to something, it's very difficult to detach that when you're going through abuse, because you're already emotionally involved and it's that much harder to get out of it. Does that make sense? Um, so, so yeah. Okay. So you finally get this, uh, this taste of freedom, um, and you're doing nothing. Um, that's amazing. <laughs> that, that sounds really funny to say, cause you weren't doing anything, but right. it's because you were doing so much before, right? I'm sure you're, a, you were really busy with all these responsibilities. And obviously you had a husband and, and one child or two kids, uh, two when I two. left two. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So I can, I can only imagine. So, so when you're out and you're kind of out to back to normal life, was it kind of like culture shock was it was it like was there ever like an experience where you were like holy fuck i actually did all that for the past 17 years yeah people would be talking about mm. movies and stuff and i'm like hold on if you're talking <laughs> about movie between the years of 2000 <laughs> 2018 i have no idea what you're talking about but i bet you had yeah i bet you your first thing was make a list of all the movies to watch <laughs> that's funny wow was it weird watching TV and movies and like viewing regular stuff? It wasn't very weird to me for the fact that I had gone into the cult at 16. So it was probably really weird for my son and my daughter because they were born to it. And That's a good point. That, yeah. So anybody that was born into it, it was probably it's a whole different arena. But for me, I at least thankfully had a, you know, a life before the cult. Right. A little Where you could relate it back to. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. That makes sense. That makes sense. That makes me question, um, or wonder about your kids. What, what, how has it been for them? I must imagine it must be very difficult if they're born into it. Has it been an easy transition? Um, my son went probably went through it the most, you know, Mm, Yeah. for him, but from what he's told me is, you know, the culture shock was extreme, extreme. Wow. And, um, when all these things were kind of unraveling after leaving the cult, did you, did you guys kind of like seek therapy or seek some type of help like professionally at all? Or did, or did you kind of go down a different path? I know you're very spiritual now, but was there anything at that point that was going on? 
Uh, when I moved away, uh, five hours away from my small town, I was able to get into, um, we'll, we'll find uh, help through a, it was like a woman's shelter that helped with any kind of abuse, emotional abuse or anything like that. So I was able to um, get, a, you know, get some help with them. But moving away from the environment actually did so much for me. I was able to move away and not have to worry about running into anybody from the, that did a lot for me. I think where you, where you live plays a huge role into that. And I think that, that goes, that goes the same for like previous drug addicts, you know, where they go to the same place and it triggers that thought of where they used to do drugs or where they used to score drugs or whatever. Right. Um, So it's a very interesting um, kind of parallel there. Wow. Okay. So um, I want to get into this topic with you, this, this thing that's called the bite model. Um, And it's, it was written or it's sort of like this theory or hypothesis from this psychologist. His name is Stephen um, Hassan or Hassan. I'm not sure how to pronounce his name, but he's a psychologist, educator, author. um, And he's like a, a specialist in trying to deconstruct cults. So he came up with, you know, these, these, attributes, these, these characteristics of what cults have. So I kind of want to go over a couple of them with you. And just so that the audience, the listeners can understand a little bit better, and maybe also think to themselves, how are um, people in their life or organizations in their life treating them the same way? And maybe hope that they can kind of wake up a little bit to kind of question, question themselves and see what they can change. Right. Um, So, okay. The bite model. So it's, it's an acronym. BITE. So it stands for behavior control, information control, thought control, and emotion control, or I'm sorry, emotional control, which I think all these things are, are, are um, applicable to your story and to mine as well. So, so I'm going to give just a couple examples of, of each of those letters of, of BITE. So for B, behavior control. Okay. So behavior control promotes dependence and obedience modifies behaviors with rewards and punishments, dictates where and with whom you live, restricts or controls sexuality, controls the clothing and hairstyles that you have to wear or can't wear, regulate what and how much you can eat or drink, um, deprive you of seven to nine hours of sleep or less, um, exploit you financially, restrict uh, you know, hobbies of yours, activities, require you to seek permission for major decisions. Um, so those are some examples for behavior. Oh. Did those all get that check uh, mark on, on things that they did for you? That's unbelievable. You? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, totally. And for the listeners, these things, I mean, this could be a boyfriend or a girlfriend or a spouse. This could be a boss that is doing things like this to you. Right. So, um, I know it can be applicable to many aspects in, in people's lives, not just cults, but um, because we're on this topic of cults, I really want to focus it on that. Um, the next one is I, information control. I'm sure they were tough on that. I can imagine. I think most cults are very protective of what their cult members can can or cannot watch or view. You just mentioned you couldn't watch TV, for example. Um, so for example, here, um, information control. They deliberately withhold and distort information forbids you from speaking with ex-members and criticizers, 
They discourage access to non-cult sources of, inf of information. So like Google, for example, um, um, divide information into insider versus outsider doctrine, generate and use propaganda, um, use information against you when you like do confessions or whatever, um, gaslight you, make you doubt your own memory, require you to report thoughts or feelings or activities to your superiors, um, encourage you to spy and report on others who are, aren't doing what they're supposed to do in the cult. I'm sure those all apply to, to you as well, huh? Yes, it's crazy. <laughs> Is there anything specific about these two so far that really jumps out to you? Oh, a lot. All of them? <laughs> You're like, all of them. <laughs> yeah. And you yeah. have to and that the man who, 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 you know, created this or wrote this or whatever, he's not part of it. He was never part of this cult because you'll have, you'll have, uh, you know, current cult members go, oh, right. you know, he, he must've been part of this cult and now he's just a rebel. No, mm -hmm. he has nothing mm -hmm. to do with it. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. I, I can relate to that a lot. Um, okay, we'll, we'll move on to the next one. I'll, I'll, I don't want to spend too much time on this, um, but okay, next one's thought control. So T in the bite is for thought control. Um, it instills black versus white thinking, us, us versus them mentality, good versus evil. Um, it changes your identity, possibly even your name. They use loaded language and, and cliches to stop complex thoughts. They induce hypnotic or trance states to indoctrinate. Um, they teach thought stopping techniques to prevent critical thoughts. They allow only positive thoughts, use excessive meditation, singing, prayer, and chanting to block negative thoughts or doubt. And they reject rational analysis, critical thinking, and doubt. 100% there, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. My gosh. Yes. So um, move on to the last one real quick, and then we'll, we can talk about this. So emotional control. They instill irrational fears or phobias of questioning or leaving the group, which I think is a very difficult one because that's what pressures you to, or pressures one to stay when they don't want to. Um, label some emotions as evil, worldly, sinful, or wrong. Teach emotional, I'm sorry, teach emotion stopping techniques to prevent anger, or homesickness, promote feelings of guilt, shame, and unworthiness, shower you with praise and attention, which is like when you, you were saying when you were first joined, they were like all over you. And that's how it is actually in, in, in my church when, when there's a convert, we, we call them converts as well. So when there's a new person who just got baptized, they're a convert, everyone's talking to them, everyone's calling them, hanging out with them, texting them. And then after they're converted, after four months, it all goes away. <laughs> it's a very love, common theme. Yeah. Love bombing. Yeah. Love bombing. Yep. Um, okay. And then there's, there's just a couple more here. Um, threatening your friends and family, shunning you if you disobey or disbelieve, and then teach that there's no happiness or peace outside of the group. Did they sing, did they ever say things like that? Like, Hey, if you guys ever leave, you're not going to find happiness. God's not going to protect you. You're going to burn. I mean, I would assume so based upon the hell house stuff. But was <laughs> that like a daily thing where they would have to really keep people in check by, by saying stuff like that, by using the fear tactics? Yeah. And mm. sharing, sharing the, the proof to go with it by mm. sharing. 
if you left and something happened to you, mm-hmm. you're going to be in the next <laughs> sermon. Like, right. You going in there. Yeah. Wow. Wow. It's yeah. sad. It's really sad. It's really sad. You know, and um, these, these things, they, they sound, um, you know, as I was describing this bite, bite model um, theory, it, it seems very like common, like it's common sense. Like, I mean, it's like, clearly, obviously these are like obvious signs that one could see in like a relationship, for example, something as small as that. But it's like, when you, I think a, a key thing in this, in your story is that you were so young when you joined and you were vulnerable, you were manipulated by them. And um, yeah, it's, it's just when you're young and you're still growing up, like you don't really know that much about religion or the world and you're just, yeah. So I, I, I it's crazy. It's crazy to me. And it's sad. It's sad that people are having to, to go through these experiences and, and crazy cults and being abused and not being seen and not being able to live their true authentic lives. And that's where I want to go on next with you, Mandy, because I know now you are living a great life. And I want to talk more about that. So um, um, how did you, because this must, this is a question I want to ask you because it was hard for me. When I, when I left my, my church or, or cults, whatever you want to call it, when I left the Mormon church, I became atheist. I said, you know, fuck God, this is all stupid. And like, I don't like, cause I was told that my church was the one and only true church on earth forever and ever. Like that was it. The other churches have some truth, just not all of it. Right. And so obviously I was, I was indoctrinated and brainwashed into it. Um, but when I left, the hardest thing for me when I left, Mandy, was not trusting myself, not believing myself. Because before it was like, I had all the answers for me, but I also had what, what the church uh, teaches is the spirit, the spirit or the Holy Ghost, which I'm sure maybe is what was taught for you too. But the spirit is like this constant uh, companion, this comforter, that kind of kind of like your inner voice or like your intuition or, or your... Um, yeah, you're just your thoughts kind of, right? Um, so they would use that to kind of manipulate me as a believer. So once I left, when I couldn't use things like that to find truth for my life, because basically the spirit is like a confirmation of things that are true. So you can go to the spirit through like prayer or the way you feel the Holy Ghost or AKA like God or Jesus, um, you, you know, you're able to to find truth. And so without that, tool for in my life, since I didn't believe it anymore, I didn't really know how to believe myself and I had to come up with what I believed in. So it was difficult to, to trust myself. And I know you're really spiritual now and you're, you're, you're on this path that I really admire. How, how did you get from, from that, from leaving a cult that was so abusive in many ways to trusting yourself with belief and, and getting into spirituality? Um, that one's a little bit tricky just for the fact that I kind of just, uh, you know, rediscovered a rediscovery of my roots, which is inside of me, which is, you know, they're inside of you and everybody has what's inside. And so we, we weren't able, we weren't taught about having an intuition or having Mm -hmm. like, like we can go to to an actual person. So just to, um, I just started doing whatever I wanted like that. I, this is, that sounds a little rebellious, <laughs> but 
really helped me learn to trust myself because I basically, I was done with outside sources. And so I basically was like, what does Mandy want? What does Mandy want to do? What does Mandy, uh, what is, what, what feels right for Mandy? you know, and, and just me alone. And I just blocked everybody, everybody out um, in this, like there was this period of just going within myself and figuring out what, what do I feel? What do I want? What do I, what's, what's a yes to me? Mm-hmm. And that was the rediscovery and all my truth came from that. Beautiful. Beautiful. I, I, I agree with everything you say. Cause I, I too, have, like I mentioned earlier, have been on this sort of new journey the past couple of years. And I've, what I've come to, to find out, to learn is that it is inside me. It is inside you, Mandy. It's inside all of us. And it's there the whole time. And we just don't see it sometimes because we're in a cult or because we're in an abusive relationship or because we're whatever, we're just kind of sleepwalking through life. We're busy, whatever. Um, yeah, it's, um, very, very crazy. <laughs> um, th- th- this whole theme is very d- difficult, I think, to talk about and to, I mean, to, to go through, but I'm really happy where you are now. So, so getting into spirituality, why don't you just talk about where you're at, what you do? I know you kind of mentioned what you do earlier in the beginning with your intro, um, but please talk about what you do, what you're passionate about and, and, you know, what your, your goals are. And I know, I know you love to help other people with, within that Facebook group that we mentioned earlier. And, um, you know, I really love your, your, your posts. They seem to be very loving and compassionate and caring. And, um, I can feel that just by reading it, but, but talk a little bit about how your spirituality really kind of, um, took off for you. Um, so just rediscovering myself and learning who I was and kind of just figuring out my own truth without anybody else telling me what was good for me. Mm -hmm. And, um, just when you want to figure that out for yourself, you'll notice that there will be people um, that will come into your path or it'll be stuff you read or it'll be something somebody uh, somebody will mention something, uh, whether it's online, whether, it, you know, it's in person, um, but stuff starts making sense to you and you start creating your truth from these pieces that feel right to you. So it's not even though it may come from a book or from a post or a writing or you know, a spiritual guru or teacher, um, but you resonate with it and you can feel it inside of your body. So the more you trust yourself, the more you realize what's for you, what's your truth and what is not for you. And it's not your truth. And so that's what I did. That was my rediscovery. And then when I had all of my pieces, I figured it out. And now my thing is there are people who are trying to to grab those pieces for themselves. And so what I do is I just, when they're guided and drawn to me, we, um, we figure that out with each other. They, they tell me what their truth is. I don't tell them. I kind of just, and, and we put the puzzle pieces together according to what they want and how they want it to look like. And we kind of deprogram these, these limiting self-limiting beliefs in their minds and we're able to figure out, okay, what, what's for you, what's your truth and what's not, and what was kind of groomed and manipulated into you. And so we kind of go through that, um, you know, in a spiritual aspect of going within, and it's kind of like a time, a, a travel into a tunnel, but it's inside of them. 
and I kind of just like the guide. So I'm the guide. So I'm kind of just like holding their hand and they are traveling. It's like a, a visualization of them traveling inside of themselves. And they will tell me what, it, what is it? What's inside of you? What is that? Whether it's them healing um, or messages from within their very own soul that's always been there from the beginning that because of outside sources, they were not allowed or they couldn't hear it. And so that's all I do. It's, it's, it's very, it's a passion. It's, it's uh, to see what it does for people is just, it's beautiful. Yeah, no, I can, I can imagine. That's amazing. And, and what are, what do these, um, what, what, what does this look like? Are these like one-on-one type things that you do with people like kind of like over zoom or something? Yeah. Right now it's over zoom. Some of my classes are recorded and they're able to just watch it and pace. That's awesome. Was there anything that, that, that really sparked your interest to do, to do what you're doing now? Is that I did it for myself. Mm, yeah. What sparked it is I didn't realize <laughs> people were actually, and it's not even people who left a cult. Like a lot of people that are, that come into contact with me and contact me and say, Hey, I really would love to work with you. It's not even they're They've never been in a cult. They, you know what mm, I mean? Yeah. But yeah. The patterns, the the programs in your mind are very similar. It doesn't matter, right? So we go there and we just figure out what what programs do not belong there. Just you cut them out. <laughs> and we and yeah. we heal them. We heal them. We cleanse them, and it, it's 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 healing. It's beautiful. And so I did yeah. it for me. I just help guide others, and I don't do it for them. They I just help guide them. And then they're like tripping out because they're like, oh my gosh, all along. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's an amazing feeling when I, when I discovered that feeling of, oh, dang, like it was, it was within me this whole time. Like I had the answers like, yes. wow, like I wasted all that time or I, I, I could have been doing this, but, but yeah, still it's, it's a, it's a, it's a mind fuck for sure. Right. I mean, to like you, you kind of touched on it about like your your mind kind of making these connections and things. Um, when you're being told what to believe and what to do for so many years, it it must be difficult to get out of that like that routine or that like that cycle, like getting getting unused to or breaking that cycle, right? Of that pattern of, of 17 and a half years that you that you went through, you know. Um right. what have you learned from this whole experience? Um, there's a lot, but to make it short, sweet is everybody plays a role. Everybody is a character in this life. So all those people that I came into contact with in that part of my life, that was hellish and horrific. I see them as characters that played a part and I am able to turn off the movie and start a new movie. And in this movie, it's all real. I get to choose what I want to do and how I want it to end. And that is the beauty is you get to choose how it ends. That's all. I love it, Mandy. You're the director, the producer, the (laughs) actor, the the script writer. Yeah, that's beautiful. I really like that. And I think that's a message that is really important to share that, that we all have the capacity, the ability, the power within us to live for ourselves and be, be our true, true best versions of ourselves and 
claim our, our re- reclaim our power when it's taken away. Mm. You know, I think people, when they leave a cult or a religion or a re- abusive relationship, you know, they, they, they have to go through the, the, the cycles of grief, which I'm sure you you went through and you mentioned that. And then there's the, the next step, which is the healing. And I think that's the beautiful part. That's the light at the end of the tunnel through all this, this confusion and doubt and, and, and abuse. Um, when you're able to see that light at the end of the tunnel, um, it's nothing like that, you know? And when you have something that, that really keeps you grounded and for you, that's, you know, spirituality and tarot, tarot card readings and, and other things like that. Um, and just being involved in helping others as they're escaping their cults and, and whatever they're going through. Um, I think that's a really beautiful thing you're doing. Um, I really admire it. And um, yeah, it's just, it's crazy to see um, so many people that have stories just like yours. I don't think that's something that most people really know about. I think people know that there that cults exist, but we don't hear it on the news very much. We don't hear it like, it's not a popular thing about coming out of a cult and, and what the person or people had to go through. So it's, so I really hope that, um, you know, your story helps other people. And I, I know that it's already helping others through what you're already doing. So, so good for you. Good for you, Mandy. Honestly, I'm really happy to see, see where you are now. Um, and I could just only imagine what you've been through and seeing how, how happy you are now, seeing the light in your eyes. Um, it makes me really happy to see that. Thank you. You're welcome. Of course. Of course. Well, I don't want to keep you too long, but I want to ask you maybe one more question, maybe two more. So, but one of the questions I wanted to ask you, Mandy, was if you could give some advice for people who may be listening, who are in a, in a abusive relationship of any kind that could be in a cult, a religion, uh, a marriage, what advice would you have now that you have the knowledge and I guess the wisdom of having left, is there anything you could say to a couple things to, to someone that really needs it? What would your advice be? If they're still inside of the environment, the thing I, what I would say is because it's very tricky. Um, I don't believe you can really heal inside of the environment, mm-hmm. but what you can do is a lots of loving yourself whatever that looks like for you. And one thing that I do tell people is something small and simple is waking up every single morning and telling yourself the words that you will not receive from either the partner or from the cult members. What is it that you want to hear from yourself that you, that you're like, you wouldn't get from anybody else. So wake up in the morning and say, you're, you are doing such an amazing job you and, and name the things that you do that, that are amazing about you. So that's, and it seems like something very small, but what that's going to do, self-love heals you and will continue to open your eyes and your heart and give you more strength to say, Hey, wait a minute. If I'm talking to myself in this amazing way, they're not doing that. So something is not right. So realizing what's not right that's what's going to help you to get the hell out of there. I love it. Um, I guess I just want to say thank you, Mandy. Um, I know I've already addressed it to you and kind of stressed um, how I respect you and think what you're doing is, is great. And I think we need more people like you. And um, 
you know, there was a moment there a while back where you kind of got a little, a little passionate, you know, about which I love because it's such a crappy thing to have to go through something like this. And then when you finally find your power back again, it's like, so like, this is fucking amazing. I found myself. This is, this is the real Mandy. This is the real Phil. This is my true authentic self. Now I can live like now I don't have to answer to anybody else. I don't need to obey and do all this blind following and guilt trips. You know, it's, it's all upward from here. And I got this. And it's like I said before, reclaiming your power. And I think that is so, so powerful for people. Um, and yeah, I, I'm so glad to see that you have found that for yourself and that you're helping others. That is something that is priceless. Um, so anyways, I want to ask you if you have anything you want to say or, or, or talk about that I may not have mentioned or brought up to you. Is there anything you want to want to share or, or discuss? I just want people to know that there, that there is healing. Like you can heal you. There, life is not meant to be a battlefield. Life is not meant to be one trial after another, one lesson after another heartache after heartache, you know, yes, life happens and, and we don't have an answer for some of the terrible stuff that has to happen. Like I like to say, one of the things that I hate is children having to get cancer. Like I don't have an answer to that, but what I do an answer for is that you are able to heal no matter what environment you are in or you were in, you can heal. And when you know that, that is your motherfucking power. Like that is your power. And nobody, nobody, nobody can take that from you. I love it, Mandy. Um, amen to that for real. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) Um, do you have like a bad taste in your mouth? when it comes to religions or like churches based upon your experience? Um, I would say research the religion that, um, it, that, you know, that somebody's questioning about. Just, of course. Yeah. And I'm not talking about research in the modern time. I'm talking about go mm-hmm. all back. So like for right. me, it was Christianity. So when I started researching where Christianity came from, you would be in mm-hmm. shock. Oh you, yeah. You want to yeah. pull your you cannot believe the yeah. stuff they subjecting people in from the very beginning that they don't tell you about yep. when you're part of it. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I experienced a lot of that, um, in, in my church growing up and, and leaving, like there's, there's the whitewashed version of the story and there's their narrative and they only have the positive stories to share, not the negative, ugly historical facts that went on and the, and the, the, the sketchiness of it all. Like they don't talk about that. They bury that under the rug, keep it hidden so that no one will hear about it so that they can get more members, get more people and get a bigger following and get more money. And, and I think at the end of the day, a lot of it's about money and power. Mm-hmm. That's really what it's about. And I'm really glad that we talked about this whole getting our, our own power back. Like they took your power away from you, Mandy. Like that's such a, a I mean, crossing a boundary is, is putting it not rough enough. It's such a light way of saying it, but they, they crossed a boundary in your life and they took your power away in so many ways. And now you have it back and that must feel amazing. And, um, yeah, again, I I know I'm, I'm rambling here, but, but good for you. I'm really happy to see that. (laughs) I want to ask you one last question. You sort of already answered it. You might have a different answer, <laughs> but, uh, but it was, it was the, if you could share one message to the entire world, what would it be? I don't know if you want to 
if you have a different answer or if you kind of what the what you what you said last <laughs> right um yeah that you can heal um, yeah yeah like you know seek help if you're in an, an environment where you know that you already know um know that seeking help outside of the environment is is really going to help you because if you stay in the environment getting help chances are a lot of them kind of think the same it right. kind of it's all going to be the same advice. And it wasn't until I went outside of that is when I was able to get somebody to actually go, what the fuck? Like gross. But it wasn't until I went outside of that. I I stayed inside for so many years. So everybody was basically giving me the same advice and telling you just to suck it up and keep going. But it so seek outside help, I would say, definitely. Mm. Yeah. I'm so glad you said that. I can relate to that so many, on so many levels. I had so many people come reach out to me from my church as I was leaving. And it's like, they're, they're just telling, they're telling me their, you know, their narrative based upon what they were told. Um, but it wasn't until I left and I saw outside of the box and I went, wow, I saw for, I saw it for what it really was. Mm -hmm. And just like you, I was like, wow, like this, this is not what I ever thought it was and I, I got duped. I, I got tricked essentially. Yeah. Right. And um and yeah, so that's 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 a that's a crazy thing. Anyways, Mandy, um it's been a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you again for coming on the podcast and sharing your story. I'm glad we were able to talk about some of these things. Again, I know I mentioned it a few times, but I, I really hope that it'll help some people out. I know that it will. I know that it will and I hope that um yeah I think a lot of people are just struggling in general in life, right? And, um, I think hearing stories like this can be helpful, even if you're not in, in, in a cult, you know, and, um, yeah, I just want to say to the listeners, you know, that there's hope there's, there's hope. And, you know, just like what Mandy said, you have the power within you, you have your power within you. Nobody can take that away from you. And if they try to don't let them, you know, you have the power to, to protect yourself really. Um, I mean, maybe not always in certain, certain scenarios, of course, but as far as like belief and ideologies and, and behaviors and things like you, you can, you can take over for yourself and, um, healing is, is the journey that, that you have to go on to start. And healing is not fun. As you know, healing, it's not this fun game of let's go heal together and be happy. It's, it's actually facing facing some old past traumas and some ugly events that took place or some conversations that happened, whatever it may have been, it's, it's not fun, but on the flip side to that coin, you have to go through it to overcome it. Simple as that. I mean, you really do. You can't heal until you confront it. And so I think a lot of people have, have trouble confronting their, their pain because it's too much to bear. It hurts too much. And I understand that. And I have a compassion for people who feel that way. Cause it's like, man, like, I'm so sorry that you don't, that, that you're feeling this way, that you don't have the ability or that you don't think you have the ability rather to, to help yourself because of what you've been exposed to. And so really finding that power back. And, um, you know, I would just say to people, find what works for you you know, go in deep, whatever that is for me, I like to meditate. And that helps me go in deep for myself. So just have some quiet, 
quiet, either just not like no sound at all, or I put some like music on that you had earlier, just some really peaceful like music, um, like the kind that you play in your on your podcast, um, which I love by the way. Um, it really it really has this like it really brings this um, first and for the listeners, Mandy has a podcast, so definitely subscribe to her podcast, and I'll put that in the show notes. But your podcast is really cool because it's like this med- meditative type podcast, I guess you would say, right? And obviously it's about your story and and um, you play this music. I listened to your recent one about Ukraine and it was honestly really beautiful. And I think people will love to hear a podcast like that because it's very different. It's very mm-hmm. unique. And I, I, I think that's great. Thank you. And thank you so much for inviting me and your energy is amazing. Um, And I want to say, I'm sorry for everything that you went through, you know, you sharing your story. It's like, I want to interview you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we can make it happen. You know, whenever you want to do it, I'm, I'm happy to to come on. Definitely. Yeah. It's so sad. I like, you know, we we share our stories with who we are today with so much, so much strength and power, but Mm -hmm. like we weren't always like that, man. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. I bow to your strength. Thank you so much. And I'm honestly, I've, I say this to everybody when I ever get a compliment of some kind, but I really mean it. Um, I'm just a reflection of you, Mandy. That's just the truth. You know, I think the world is full of mirrors and what what my energy is is putting out is what you're picking up on and what your, your energy is, is putting out, I'm picking up on and we help each other, we lift each other. And um, we learn from each other. And so anyways, Mandy, thank you again so much for your time. Thank you for sharing your story. And I look forward to talking to you again. And hopefully I can go on your podcast and we can talk more and um, get into that. And um, yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much, Phil. You're welcome. It's my pleasure. My pleasure. All right. Have a good night. All right. Thank you. Yep. Thank you. Take care. Bye.